We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live. Once again, it is the Friday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster, the St. John's. Johnny's. St. John's fan that you see over there is the one and only Jeff Goodman. And uh, I'm just, I got a call from from Brendan Quinn. All right, Brendan, if you're watching this, I will call you back later, buddy. Um, After Rob's crappy mid-major picks, because tonight's slate. Oh, it's awful. Not not littered with high majors, but I got a couple. I got a couple, so stick around. Stick around. I got a couple. Yeah, but we, we do need to talk about last night because there were some things that happened last night yeah. beyond you getting uh, cursed out by a um, St. John's fan in our, our locker room session, which <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that was a, that was a lot of fun. I always I my I always, best. I, I, I was nice. Look, I'll here's the thing. I'll, I don't give you credit for much, but I will give you credit in that you you can like take a joke and you can take beating better than like anybody that I know. Like yeah. you, you have no like I can I can do the most embarrassing thing to you and you'll probably and you'll just laugh it off. You know how many times I've tweeted out that video of you dancing at Borzello's wedding and you've I, never you, I don't think you've cared once. Nothing I can do. What what can I do? You know, you 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 take your strengths, you take your weaknesses. I have a lot of uh, of weaknesses. So, you know, and and when you I always tell people <laughs> when, you, you, you do have a lot of weaknesses. I do. <laughs> um when you uh when you have enough opinions, you're gonna get you're gonna get some wrong. And and I'm not listen with St. John's again. I'm not saying I've gotten it completely wrong yet. I still feel like Mike Anderson has to do more than Chris Mullen did, and, and that that's ultimately what it comes down to, doesn't it? Like Chris Mullen was a failure. He got a yeah. barely in the tournament once in four years. If you're Mike Anderson, you have to do better than that to be successful. Clear. Yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't. Mike Anderson hasn't actually accomplished anything right. yet. You know, like They're beating Villanova the right is nice. They're going in the right trajectory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like beating Villanova is nice, but yeah. Chris Mullen also had like a run where he beat Villanova and beat Duke in back-to-back games. And that yeah. year they went like one in 17 of the Big East. Right. Um, but that said, like they're they're moving the right direction. And it's kind of going the way I I I I said this to you after the hire. Like I, I made this argument that um I I like the fit in theory because there are a lot of kids that that fit that Mike Anderson, 40 minutes of hell pressing style right. in New York city that he'll be able to tap into the key oh, for right. him was going to be finding the guys that could help him bring those players in. Because like as a, as a guy whose career was in uh, Alabama and Arkansas and Missouri, like going and recruiting New York is a very different world. Yep. So yep. Um, 
and, and to his credit, like, and I think you would agree with me on this, like he actually put together a staff that, that should be able to make that happen. And you're seeing it pay okay. dividends right now. And um, I don't know if they're ever going to get back to the heights of like the, the Bootsy Thornton and Eric Barkley and Ron Artest days. Um, but I do think that they can be what Arkansas was and what Missouri was when Mike Anderson there was there, which is like a team that can get to the tournament. It's enough for St. John's right now. Yeah. Right now, if, if you told St. John's you're going to be in the tournament two of every four four years, they'd sign up for that right now. And I don't blame yeah. them from where they've been. Back in the right direction. And like the, the thing about it is I don't think that you can ever win at the level that um, – I don't think that you can be like a final four caliber team and play that pressing style that he wants to play. Right. It's the yeah. same reason I didn't think it could work for uh, VCU and Havoc. It's the same reason I had questions about Shaka Smart going to Texas. It's the same reasons why I said like, eventually when you lose Javon Carter and Daxter miles, like Bob Huggins is probably going to have to switch up what he does with press Virginia. Right. Um, and I mean, all that's kind of come to fruition. Like you can get to a certain level, but when you're a pressing team, you're basically relying on other teams to make mistakes. And when you're going up against good teams that have good point guards, they, like they tend not to make mistakes. Yeah. So it can get you to a certain level. I don't think it can get you to the level that um, maybe St. John's fans necessarily aspire to be. But I'll tell you what, man, if you're a team, if, if every year from here on out, St. John's is as good as they are this year, where they can beat some of the best teams are going to be in the mix for the NCAA tournament. And if things break right for them, Hey, you know what? Maybe they can get to a sweet 16. Like that's good. That's better than what they've been. And I don't think that that's out of, uh, I think that that's a very realistic um, ending for like Mike Anderson over the course of the next four to five years. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So um, what was your biggest thing that happened last night? I mean, it was, it was probably, well, I guess better, it was Houston losing, right? You better get this right. It was Houston losing. Yeah, or Isaac Brown. I honestly think it was more Isaac Brown and Wichita than Houston losing. Because Houston losing, yeah, maybe it moves them from the, from like the two line of three line. And really, they don't have a lot, so we can get into Houston in a minute. There's not a lot to their resume, and since they've lost Mills, they haven't really beaten anybody great without. They they beat Boise and Texas Tech early, early. Both of them very early with Mills, um, and ultimately. We've talked about this. Texas Tech, you want to get them early because they're always completely mm -hmm. different, where, where Houston had everything coming back. But let's get to Isaac Brown. Let's get to Isaac Brown. And to me, th this is – we talked about this a little bit in the past, but this feels eerily similar to Chris Holtman at Butler and Greg Gard at Wisconsin. Athletic directors, they took over the job um, when the, the, their head coach – kind of either stepped away Bo Ryan to retire or Brandon Miller at Butler because he had some uh, personal things going on. Uh, he stepped They both stepped away. Uh, these guys got the job on an interim basis. And you know what? They didn't give their ADs any choice whether to hire them or not. Um, I don't think Barry Collier wanted to really hire Chris Holtman full-time permanently. I don't think Barry Alvarez ever wanted to hire Greg Gard permanently. Uh, but again, they wanted a high enough level that they gave them no other option. And I think mm -hmm. that's what's going on here with Wichita State. Uh, Darren Boatwright, listen, uh, he'd like to do a national search. There's no doubt. After Greg Marshall got fired um, and, and somehow collected $7.75 million out the door, um, Isaac Brown took over on an interim basis right before the start of the season. I mean, this thing dragged out until like 
a week before the start of the regular season. Mm -hmm. Isaac Brown had no idea what was going on. They brought, what, Billy Kennedy on to help him, um, you know, on the bench, just help him out a little bit. But Isaac Brown now has this team. Um, they beat Houston last night, and they're right there to, to win the American. They're right there to beat Houston and the American. Uh, their losses are of the quality variety. Uh, they finally have a resume win. And it is time, Darren Boatwright, to put uh, some papers in front of Isaac Brown that say you are no longer the interim head coach. You have done exactly what we asked you to do and more. You have won games. You handle yourself the right way. The players like you. You're not punching your players. You're not verbally abusing your players. You are treating them with respect, and you are winning games. So, Isaac Brown, you should be the head coach at Wichita State for at least the next four years. I know it's it's not funny, but it, it, I'm, <laughs> you're not punching your players. Like that's <laughs> that's a qualification for getting the job. Um, so I. I'm really, really rooting for him in the spot. I want him to get it, and I want him to to kill it. I want him to crush it. Um, yeah. And it's the same reason that I really, really was rooting for Mike Boynton to be able to get it done at, at Oklahoma State and for White King Jones to be able to get it done at Cal, which didn't necessarily work out as well, and, and for uh, Maurice Joseph to go out and, and, and be awesome at GW, which you know lasted three years, and he was pretty good for a while, but um, that was a tough spot for him to be put in. And the reason for that is that, um, I remember very vividly I had, a, I had a conversation with a guy like all of those three hires, uh, yep. Mike Wyking and, and Mojo kind of happened in the same um, like six month window. Yeah. Right. And all of them were young black assistants on a staff where the white head coach was fired. And um, I remember having a conversation with a guy that was like, look, this is this is not necessarily going to be the best thing for my career because these three guys are kind of my profile. And if I, if they don't succeed, like it gives athletic directors a reason to not hire people that look like me and, you know, getting that job at Cal when, when I can got, it was not necessarily the greatest situation to be walking into. He was kind of playing against the stack deck and didn't work out for him. Um, we talked about Mojo and, you know, the fact that they, like he, when you take over for someone like Lonergan, yeah, uh, that was not, he couldn't win. And he went yeah. from the ops guy. He went from like the ops guy to like head coach in a year. I love Mojo, but like, that was, was a tough, tough spot, man. Like it was a really tough spot to be put in, in a place where um, yeah. the guys on the team were like either loyal to Lonergan or um, were like, do I really want to be here for, for the, like to go through all of it? Like it's just a weird his spot. Staff, the other part was his staff. Cause they each all thought they should have gotten the head job and didn't get it. Yeah. But I mean, it's, 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 it's not just like, yeah. So all of that involved the dynamics. Put, put all of those guys into a really difficult spot. And, you know, both of I, both of us have been kind of, um, you know, made this point a lot where we want to see more diversity in the hiring at, at the, the division one level and the head coaching level. And ha having those, those guys in those situations, it was good because you're getting black guys that are, are getting a chance to be a head coach. But it, when you, when you put them in a situation where um, they're not necessarily set up to succeed, like it gives, people a reason to not go in that direction the next time the situation comes up. So I, I love the fact that Mike Boynton is doing really well. I, I think he's been um, better than a lot of us necessarily expected, given the situation that he walked in. Like, I, he was getting paid like half of what the next lowest person was getting paid in the Big yep. 12, right? But he's getting the job done, man, and credit to him. Like, that team is, that team is good. They play hard. He's a likable dude. 
Um, he's able to recruit at a certain level, so I'm glad he's able to get it done. And I really want to see Isaac Brown get it done too, because that like it, it creates like an incentive. One maybe, maybe that's the wrong word, but like it 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 makes it makes athletic directors say, "Well, look, you know what? If Mike Boyton, if we had if, if Oklahoma had success pulling Mike Boyton off the bench, and Wichita State had success pulling Isaac Brown off the bench, well, maybe I should go on to to this staff." And get the guy, get that that assistant right there, and bring him into my program, and say, you know what? Before you can take over for that head coach that leaves, I'm going to go. I'm going to go cut the line. I'm going to bring him into my program and let him run my program. So um, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm very glad Mike Boynton's having success. Isaac Brown, get it done, man. Come on. I'll give you one more who should get uh, who should get the permanent job. T.J. Johnson, right? T.J. Johnson. Oh yeah. State. I mean, they're in first place, fifteen and six, nine and three. Danny Casper was fired just before the start of the season, pretty much after some uh, allegations, uh, you know, racist comments that he made. And uh, and TJ has done an unbelievable job. So there's another one. Give TJ the job now. Um, yes, he, he has earned it. Like like, what are we waiting for in some of these spots? Like like, just do it. It's only going to help you with recruiting. Also, mm-hmm. you know, you the longer you wait, the more it's going to hurt you with recruiting and. Uh, you know, I feel like Wichita, the other thing that was awesome last night, I don't know if you watched the end of the game, but um, two players made huge plays that I've rooted for all year. And one is Altariq Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I just, I love the kid. I feel so bad what he's gone through in his career. You know, McDonald's All-American, he probably thought he was a one and done. He never was probably, even if he was healthy, but he would have been a hell of a college player, like a hell of a college player. And three shoulder surgeries. Um, he's handled it with class. He transfers to, to Wichita, been a little bit up and down this year, but made a huge drive last night at the end of the game. And then Dexter Dennis, who's really struggled this year and, and, and thought long and hard about transferring last offseason, but he stuck with it. And he has not shot the ball well this year at all, has the biggest defensive play, probably biggest play of his career last night, uh, picking off that pass at the end of the game when Houston had a chance to win it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and laying it in, getting getting the uh, flagrant foul on the play, and uh, yeah, that was huge. Those two guys, rooting for them, and uh, again, now I haven't checked. I'm gonna check right now. Have you looked at the net and what? Uh, 68. They jumped up from 77 to 68. Not high enough. Not high enough. But again, the net's not everything. But you certainly want to put yourself in the equation. And the other part is, listen, they beat them once. Now, in their mind. Like, can anybody win the AAC tournament? Why not? I mean, Houston. They're good. Houston's, Houston's good. Yeah, um, good. Losing Mills kind of took away a little bit of like their, what made them great um, in terms of having like just another guy that can go out there and go get you a bucket. Um, but I, I mean, look, losing on the road, they've lost to what? At East Carolina, at Tulsa, at Wichita. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like those are. No. The East Carolina one's tough, but that was like you got to consider the circumstance in that one, yeah. uh, where they thought they were going to be playing Gonzaga all week, and then they get Our Lady of the Lake and have to go play at East Carolina. Like talk about a buzzkill. Um, but like Tulsa's Tulsa's good and losing on the road by one, whatever. And Wichita State's good and losing on the road by it was basically one possession, right? If there wasn't the the flagrant foul at the end, yeah. so I'm not, well, not super worried. But but yeah, no, it's it. Listen, Houston. I don't think too many teams are going to be scared of drawing Houston if they're like a number two or three seed. 
Yeah, whatever. Like they're they're right there at the same level as a lot of those teams that are going to be on that two and three seed exactly. line. I would probably have them a little bit below the top of the Big Ten and maybe Alabama, but like they're still in the mix with like the, the Tennessees of the world. Right. You know? So yep. um, all right. Uh, do you have anything to say about Iowa winning at Wisconsin? About uh, Michigan beating Rutgers, about Rutgers' miracle cover. Thank you, Jacob Young, American oh, hero. So um, Oregon, Oregon beat Colorado, which was a huge win for them. Gonzaga beat the breaks off St. Mary's. I think they were up by like 40 in the second half of that one. UCLA um, beat Arizona was a big one for the Bruins. Yeah, they needed that one. Right. They, they won that handily, too. Johnny, um, uh, hi, uh, I can never. Is it is it is it Jaime Jaime Jacquez? Is that how yeah. you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, Jaime Jacquez. He's so good, and I I love the like the mustache and the and the little goatee combo that he's got going. <laughs> Between him and Drew Timmy, like we got some dudes with some great facial hair this year in college basketball. Yeah, I think that that ensured to some degree, maybe not insured, but as of this, if the season ended today, the Pac-12 gets four in, right? I mean, they get four in. USC is going to be a, you know like a four seed at this point, and then the other three. Colorado, Oregon, UCLA are all in. You know, a couple of them probably are in like that eight nine line, and uh, but but I think Pac twelve gets four in unless something crazy happens in the Pac twelve tournament. Yeah, um, Chris Duarte is so good. He is so good. So I good. so underrated. So I, underrated. I, I wonder, like, if he played more games on like national television, we would be having a conversation about whether or not he should be like a, a, a second or third team All American. He's unbelievably yeah. good. Like I'm he can't nowhere near the credit that he should get. Like, and I, I've I've made this point before. Um, to me, like that dude, if he gets outside, like gets past the top forty, you're you're getting like that. That's the value of the draft, to me. There's no yeah, way that he should be able to get past. No. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I don't think there was anything else. You know, I mean, Michigan, I mean, Michigan, Michigan kept it rolling, man. Like yeah. Michigan's been awesome. Um, and then Iowa, look, Iowa. Gave up sixty. Like I, I don't know whether to make what, what what to make of the fact that Iowa gave up sixty two points against Wisconsin. Like, is that a sign of just how bad Wisconsin is this season, or is like Iowa starting matchup? I know. I told you this. It's a great matchup because it's it's a team that's as unathletic as they are. You can't find that everywhere, right? Like they're overwhelmed by so many teams athletically. They are not overwhelmed by Wisconsin at all athletically. So. Mm-hmm. It's the, the ideal matchup, to be honest, for Iowa. And right now, Wisconsin's – listen, they're struggling. And now I think it's become a, a little bit of a mental thing for them. Maybe we're not that good. And, and we don't have that home court advantage anymore. That's gone. That is absolutely gone, losing to all these teams at the Kohl Center. So, you know, I, I think, again, for some teams, you could still use home court advantage. Um, but, like, once you start losing these games, it's gone for this year because – you know, like to me, again, it's still the, the 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 confines, the home confines, and once you start winning, it still can get in your head of, yeah, this is definitely an advantage. We're, you know, they're coming here, they're traveling here, they're not able to to, you know, once they get in a hotel, they don't really get a chance to hang out with each other, any of that stuff. It, it's it's definitely different. So, um, again, I, I think to me, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it was as much of, of Iowa as it was the matchup for, for Iowa. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and 
uh, <laughs> it's just funny that you say that because I'm like Wisconsin stinks, man. Like so, why like why is that? A, why is that a, a good matchup? So, all uh, right, um, I, I think that that's it for me. Like Gonzaga, the only thing I'll add, um, yeah. and then we can talk a little bit about tonight's slate is Gonzaga is now like so far head and shoulders above anybody else this season and anybody else in Ken Palm's database in terms of like the efficiency margin that they have. Like it's they are they are. The, the gap between them and the field is the same size as the gap between 2015 Kentucky and the field. So, like, that's that's what we're talking about right now. What so, happened to Kentucky? What happened to Kentucky that year? Well, they, I mean, they lost in the tournament. Right. But that, that, year, that year was also a weird year because that second tier of teams, all of them were just so unbelievably good. Like, there were seven teams that, that should have been one seed. That yeah. season, seven of them. And it just so happened that they're not seven this year. They're not seven this year. No, it's not. So um, yeah. All right. That's all I wanted to say. Gonzaga, like good job. There was a while where everyone was like, Yeah, Baylor's the better basketball team. Well, you know what? Gonzaga decided to turn it on. And now they're they're Baylor's they- not playing either, Rob. Don't fault Baylor. They're not they're not able to play. Why are you disparaging Baylor? I'm not disparaging Baylor. My point is that we kind of forgot about Gonzaga because they were playing these ho-hum teams and they looked bored against like Pacific and Pepperdine while Baylor like looks awesome in these uh, ESPN primetime matchups against like Texas and, and um, whoever else they were playing. I can't even remember who they were playing. I don't know, know who the last thing they played was. But um, the point is like don't – just because Baylor or Gonzaga was out of sight, out of mind for a little while, like don't forget about the fact that they are awesome. St. Mary's is the best matchup for them in terms of like style of play. No, no, no. play They're the, the best matchup for them right now because St. Mary's can't score, can't shoot. Well, yeah. And then they were, they were, well, no, no, I'm saying that St. Mary's is the toughest. Like, Saint, oh. the way that St. Mary's plays is exactly the way that you have to play to be able to beat, um, to beat Gonzaga. Like, they're just not good enough to get it done, but the way that they play is the way that you have to play. And Gonzaga was about 40 in the second half. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> they were by 40 in a rivalry game. Up by forty, like it's just they—they they can toy with teams. They're yeah. just—they're—they're they're ridiculous, man. Yep. All right, let's talk about tonight's slate. I hate it. There's like, there's there's nothing that I like. Why do you hate it so much? There's what like what am I, what am I gonna watch tonight? I might just go to sleep at like six o'clock and pretend <laughs> pretend like college basketball isn't happening tonight. I mean, there's some decent mid-major games, but yeah, you know, it's not it's not exactly uh, loaded with high majors. The the, the most Prolific game, I guess, is uh, St. Louis at Dayton, right? That's that's the biggest game of the that we got. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I, I think, uh, and, and I want to know why they didn't why ESPN didn't send game day to this game. But Tarleton State plays Dixie State at nine o'clock tonight. You know they don't send game day anywhere anymore, right? I don't think. <laughs> Here, here's my question, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got Utah State Boise State tonight. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's the best game. That's that'll the best. Game. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. Ten o'clock. That's late. That's way past your. But there's no way you're st- for Utah State, Boise State. There's no way you're staying up that late. You no, know, what I'll do is I'll have, we'll be watching a show on one TV and I'll have Boise Utah on the other one. That's what all right. That's um, so give me give me your picks. Give the people want their picks. Actually, first and foremost, um, a guy in the his his name in the comments is Marlo Stanfield. Yeah, uh, but like he, I, I I know him. Like he he's uh he he's a follower. He's a good dude. He, I think he he used to be like Gil Boldberg on Twitter, and like he changed his name. Oh, like, uh, that's the guy. Yeah. So yeah, he's trying he's trying to trick you. He's trying to trick you by saying he's yeah. more. Anyway, he wants an apology for uh for your Santa Clara pick last night. 
listen, I was on fire yesterday. Like I gave, I, I handed you guys Illinois State. You did. That was great. That was good. On that was a good platter, point. right, Rob? On a platter, and uh, and and hit a bunch of others. Like yesterday was the best day I've had in two weeks. So, uh, Gil or Marlo or whatever the hell your name is, <laughs> lay off, lay off, my man, lay off. I I, I had a good day yesterday, and it, it had been a while. So uh, I needed that. I needed that. Um. All right. Here's a couple I like. All right. Uh, we're gonna go with a little. Um, St. Peter's, Maris hasn't played since January 31st, Robert. St. Peter's is, is laying eight and a half at home against Maris, the, the Red Foxes. And uh, I'm going to take St. Peter's there. I'm going to take Cal Baptist getting 11 at Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon has not played since January 30th. So that's like a three-week break for uh, – uh, Just so you know, at Bet Rivers right now, Cal Baptist is only getting 10. Okay. All right, so I'll take the 10. I'll take the 10 there. I'll still be okay with the 10. Um, those are two. And then um, there are a couple more things I like. I kind of like Hawaii. No, I don't like Hawaii. They're at, I think they're at Northridge. I think they're at Northridge. If Hawaii was home, I'd like Hawaii. I don't like Hawaii. Sorry about that one. Uh, don't mean that. To, uh, South Dakota State. I like South Dakota State at North Dakota State. It's a battle, Rob. Ooh, yeah, it's a rivalry game. And North Dakota State hasn't played in about two weeks. So, uh, yeah, I like I like that one. Oh, that's the first one of the year, the first call of the year. Unbelievable. I'm quicker to, to, to snap it off so you don't hear it. That one you heard. It's a little slow. A little slow to the trigger. What, when I, I'm not seeing South Dakota State, North Dakota State. That might. Is it off the yeah. board now? The, they might they might not be playing for a little bit longer. I don't know. I'm just not seeing. Oh, another rivalry game in the America East. We got Vermont at UMBC. What do you like there? On UMBC. Um, I I would I would tend to go with Vermont, but I don't trust them this this year. I just don't trust them on the road against UMBC. So I'm not the the one. Listen again. The best game of the day is Utah State at Boise. Boise beat them two nights ago. I mm-hmm. feel like if you look at those Mountain West. Good teams playing against each other twice. It's been a split most time. Right? That's, exact, that's what I was about to say. I was like, if there's one thing that I want to be on tonight, it's Craig yeah. Smith at Boise State. And to be honest, I think Boise's the best, the better team there. But I, I just I don't trust that they're gonna the mountain, the mountain West, like the top of the mountain west is low-key right. good this year. Yes. Four good teams. They're four they have four teams that are um, I don't know if they're gonna I don't think they're gonna get four into the tournament. But I think there are four teams that are like air quotes here, tournament teams, if that makes sense. Like they're good yeah, enough to make the tournament. Um, and, and Utah State is one of them. And Nami Ishkata is, is one of the best defensive big guys in the country. So there's actually like some interesting NBA prospects in that, that Boise State-Utah State game. Well, Derek so, Alston is the most interesting. Yeah. So right now at Bet Rivers, um, that line is Utah State plus one. The money line is minus 105. So I would probably just take Utah State on the money line there, get a little bit extra juice. Yep. So I'm with yep. you. I'm going Utah State, going St. Peter's. I'm going South Dakota State, which I see it as one and a half, giving one and a half there. Uh, I'm going Cal Baptist. And I'm going to go with the South Alabama App State over 137. How about that? <laughs> how, that random? How, how about it, Jeffrey? How about it? Is All right. Random for you or no? Um, yeah, no, that's perfect. It's perfect. I love the I love the randomness. Uh, anyway, tomorrow we are apparently having a, another special guest. I don't know who it is. 
Give me one time. He just wants to surprise me, which uh, makes the interview so good when I have no idea who's coming on, so I can I can prepare for him. Um, but yeah, so I promise. I, it will not be what? Jerry Palm. I will give it away. It will not be Jerry Palm talking about the RPI. I promise. No Jerry Palm tomorrow. It's too bad. Write it down. Too, too, too bad. Is it going to be? Can we get Jeff Borzello? Like, who, what do we got here? We could get Borzello. He might be. He might be the guest. I'm not giving it away. It could be Borzello. It could be Nerdlander. Might even be Gary Paris. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well. Uh, We'll find out tomorrow, I guess, who this uh, who this so called uh, I promise you, Marlo. It is, <laughs> it is not. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.